0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're back with another Boca podcast episode. For some reason, it feels like a Friday. I I think with the holidays here, the the whole schedule just kind of feels a little bit off. I don't know about you all, but um, nonetheless, thank you for joining us. If you're live streaming with us, on youtube.com slash boca podcast or at facebook.com slash boca podcast we're also pushing out to the photographer's edit pages as well but thank you for joining us and please don't be shy don't hesitate to ask questions comment you can send us funny emojis if you want to during the show today we've got a wonderful guest who's going to bring us a lot of really interesting information and um, so please get engaged in the conversation that's the benefit of these live streams the main benefit for those of you that are listening to audio after the fact sign up over at, or I should say subscribe over at youtube.com slash book, a podcast, turn on notifications. So you stay up to date, you know, when these live streams are happening and, um, you can come join a conversation as well. Super important. And then last thing, uh, as I always do just a, a kind of an accountability, if you will, but I'm going to pop up on the screen, my receipt from charity water today. I made a quick donation to charity water before our show today as I promised I would do. And again, using this as an opportunity to encourage all of our listeners, all of our community, whether it's through an organization like Charity Water, local community effort, or some other national or international organization, look for opportunities to give. Even just a few dollars go a long way. And of course, especially during the holiday season, I think it's a great time to be reminded to look for those opportunities to give. All right, well, on that note, I want to introduce our brand new guest today, And let me see, oh, there she is. Caitlin Workman is here with me. Caitlin, thank you so much for coming to hang out with me today. We made it happen.
1: Yes, thank you for having me, I'm excited.
0: Well, I'm excited to have you here too. And we only have just briefly had conversation before we started today. Um, So, we're going to kind of get to know each other a little bit during the show. I kind of like that dynamic with a lot of the the guests that we have on the show I've never met before, or at least never had extensive conversation with before. So, we get to do that here on air live. And I think one of the best ways that we can all kind of get to know you just a little bit more is through this first question about brand position, because it kind of gives us an idea of what your brand, what your photography business is about. And so, I want to ask just that. Your business, Caitlin Workman Photography, and actually, I'll pull it up on screen really quick. Caitlin, Katelyn, K A T E L Y N, and then Workman, W R O R K M A N, and then photography.com, KatelynWorkmanPhotography.com. Tell us a little bit about the brand position for your photography business.
1: Well, I appreciate you spelling it. I know that there are 15 different ways to spell Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I was in elementary school, we had three other Caitlins in my class, and we all spelled it differently. So, Oh, that can be yeah, that's a nightmare. Yeah. Um, but I think this question can be kind of hard because, um, we all love what we do. And so it's kind of hard to say, this is what makes me different without coming across as like, Oh, we're amazing. You know? Um, but I I think one thing that sets us apart. Okay. (laughs) I think one thing that sets us apart is just, um, that we do it together. My husband and I, um, I kind of suckered him into doing it with me. Um, which is really nice because he can hang out with the guys and make it really comfortable for them. And with us, it's just really about um, the experience and building a relationship with our couples, which kind of leads into what we're talking about today and just creating community. Um, And also we just have really timeless images because I think that every year there's a new trend with different editing styles and different shooting styles. And we want our couples pictures to live in their album for the rest of their life and not to look like it had a trendy filter on it, you know, Um, (laughs) so we make sure that our edits are timeless and um, just really capture the joy of the day, so.
0: Well, and and actually if I jump over to your website, uh, maybe this is not meant to be a brand position statement, but when I scroll down your website just a little bit, just below the fold actually, husband and wife destination wedding photographers based in Virginia providing a luxury experience for Your best day. So you kind of call out two elements of your business kind of variations on the wedding photography genre. One is destination wedding photography. And then two is the luxury side of that destination wedding photography. So that immediately creates two points of distinction. And, you know, I, I, I'll push back a little bit. You were talking about it, not wanting to come off. Like we're kind of egotistical and talking about ourselves. I think honestly we can do, we can communicate what's different about our business without coming off that way. If we're just simply stating facts, like, like you did there, in fact, destination luxury, no ego sense than that. This is just the area or the variation of the genre that you're working in. It creates that distinction for the potential client who lands on your site. And they're like, what makes Caitlin different? They just found out and it was pretty straightforward. And I didn't feel weird reading that. Okay, great. (laughs) (laughs) Simple enough, right? Well, I want yeah. to keep the conversation going, though, too. Let's talk a little bit about, and, and I mean, you've kind of alluded to it a little bit, customer experience. What is a big idea that drives your customer experience, the, the experience that you're creating for your customers that helps them feel really great and ultimately want to talk about the experience that they had with you?
1: Um, I think the main key to that is making sure that every client feels like they are our only client. Um we don't take so many weddings that we're too busy to communicate with the clients that we have, and we want each client to feel like they are family to us um, and just be there with them from the start to the finish. For, for our wedding, um, we actually hired someone out of state because um, there wasn't anyone around here offering what we were looking for, and The photographer showed up late and um, I hadn't even had a phone conversation with her before and um, had no idea. And we paid a lot of money at the time yeah, um, and didn't really feel comfortable. You know, I remember on our first look and she had just gotten there a few minutes before and um, I just felt super awkward. And so we kind of have learned from that and we want to make sure that our couples feel really comfortable with us. Because if they feel awkward with us, then they're going to feel awkward in their pictures. And then when they look at those pictures, they're not going to feel good about the way that they felt in them. That makes sense. Um, So just like creating that connection with them.
0: It's so true though. And, And it totally makes sense. I mean, anytime you have a conversation, I'll speak for myself. Anytime I've had a conversation with somebody who is behaving in, I mean, this can go so many different directions, but just generally behaving in an awkward manner that makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't naturally want to engage with that person. I'm certainly not naturally going to relax. And then on top of that, if you layer on top of that, I'm now going to point a camera at you. That makes it even more awkward, right? I'm already uncomfortable with you. Now you're going to point a camera. I mean, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know the results that you're getting. I don't know if you like what you're seeing. (laughs) Like it really is um, on us as, as much as photographers talk about introvert, being introverted, I think it's on us just to kind of set those notions aside and say, all right, it's on us to create a certain environment, experience a feeling ultimately for the right. end client. And we have to be super intentional about that. It, it's about how the client feels, not about how we feel, it's about how the client feels and, and putting some intention in that I think is super important.
1: Right, and I know that it works because there, I get so excited when I'm shooting and there will be a time where I like scream at them and I'm like, this is the shot, like this is the one that's going on your fireplace and then I'll go to edit it and I'm like, oh, is that really? Like we took some better pictures than that one and that is the one that goes on their fireplace and that is the one mm-hmm. that they share because in that moment they felt like mm-hmm. models, you know? Yep. And so it's all about how they feel in that moment, I think.
0: Yes, I there. there's something about... That they sense that genuine excitement and energy about the image or about the situation that translated to them deeply enough, probably for multiple reasons. One of which I would at least argue is that they're not used to being engaged. Like most people aren't used to having somebody on the other side of them that looks them in the eye, that cares about what they're saying, that's excited about the conversation, that's excited in this case about the pictures of that couple. And they're like, oh, my. And and, as a photographer, you're like, oh, my goodness, look at this. It looks amazing. Mm -hmm. who else, like who wouldn't be, who wouldn't feel really good in that situation? I I think it's really important to be super intentional. And, and I don't know about you. I'm kind of weird. I internally, I'm, I'm being super intentional and meaning what it is that I'm saying. Like I, I, if I say a word or I make a compliment, I'm, it's very intentional on my part. And I want the person to feel that and I think it's it, right. as simplistic an idea as that is, I think it's super important that we bring that idea, that thought process and energy ultimately to the conversation, to the experience and it, it really goes a long way with the client. So I'm, I'm glad that you reiterate this. Right. <laughs> well, I want to keep going though. So let's, let's talk a little bit. Let's okay. transition to your family. We were actually talking about family just briefly before we went live today. Um, You've got kids, and of course, you're working with your husband. So you've got family life to balance, you as an individual, and then you've got business. And I'm curious if there's an idea that has driven your ability to be able to kind of create some type of balance and better manage time in light of having a business and also having family and a personal life. What is that big idea that has driven that ability?
1: Um, I feel like this is a really hard question for me because this is something that I really struggle with and I'm really learning if I'm being completely honest, Um, I could say, oh, here's exactly what I do. And I stick to this schedule and I prioritize everything perfectly, but I don't. (laughs) Um, So I think Amy and Jordan Demos do a really good job every time that they talk about this. I'm like, oh, I really admire them. So they're a great resource. Um, (laughs) But I think something that I've learned this year is just that I need to be more intentional with the time that I set aside for each different thing. So like Um, in the beginning with my daughter, Sonia, she was old enough that she could kind of be independent. And so maybe she would be coloring while I was editing or whatever. And it worked fine, but I was never really spending like the focus time I needed working or the focus time with her. Everything was divided. And so this year I've really tried to be more intentional with like, if I have the three hours during nap time, that is working hours, those are working hours. And I don't do anything else except for work on my business during nap time. Um, but then, you know, the hour before nap time, that's time that I spent with my 18 month year old Sawyer. And so that's very intentional time with him. And I'm not going to check my emails and I'm not going to get on Instagram, but I'm going to spend that time with him. Mm -hmm. And I really, I struggle with that because I love my business and I, I hate like missing out on things. And so I want to make sure that I'm like always responding to everything like right away. Um, but I think just like remembering that, um, you can't do everything at one time. And while multitasking is encouraged, um, it's okay to spend time doing what you're doing. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And people talk about multitasking and I know there are kind of different, different arguments in that camp. Um, I know that some would even argue that it's not actually truly possible to multitask. You're already, you're always kind of I, and one way or another, jumping back and forth between those things. So you're not truly right. giving the, the the actual attention that you could if you were just focusing on one thing to each of those things as your so-called multitasking. Um, I, I think for some anyway, it, certainly for me, it can be more draining to try to multitask, to juggle multiple right. ideas or efforts or tasks at the same time. Um, I, I'm certainly a fan of single tasking. I know that it's easy to fall into multitasking world, especially with all the technology that we're dealing with these days, but I think it's important. Something I've been experimenting more with as even just in the last few days, I wear this Fitbit and I do so mainly for the sake of my health, but I also use it as a, as a timekeeper and it's got a really great little timer on there. And so what I'm experimenting with is just working in 30 minute segments because it would be easy for me to to get drawn into, um, I guess, bigger tasks that could take hours if I let myself and then I get distracted by this thing and I go do that and then there's something else and I do. So 30 minute segments, not that I'm only working 30 minutes at a time and then, you know, going and whatever, riding my motorcycle or something, but 30 minute <laughs> segments given to this thing and then 30 minute segments given to this thing. And even if it's maybe somewhat related tasks, I'm breaking it up to 30 minute chunks and I can take a break, you know, five minutes and go, whatever, do a couple of exercises and come back and then go to the next 30 minute segment. But Um, I tend to work best in chunks and spurts and kind of short efforts, intense efforts. And because I do have so many things to juggle on my end, and I know you can relate and probably many photographers can, so many different things to juggle. If I give a little bit of time each day to a lot of different things, and I do that consistently, I know that I'm going to go a long ways. As opposed to feeling like I have to dedicate two, three hours to something. And then I get overwhelmed even just by the notion of that. And then meanwhile, all this other stuff gets kind of left alone and left behind in the process. Does that make sense?
1: Right. Yeah. You have a longer attention span than I do, I guess, because (laughs) I have to do 20 minutes. Okay. Okay. So if I am like um, blogging or especially if it's something that I don't want to do, like cleaning my living room or, something like that. Um, I have to do 20 minute timers. And during that 20 minute, I turn my phone on airplane mode. I don't check my messages. I don't check Instagram none of that stuff for that 20 minutes. Like I don't even get up to go to the bathroom or get a drink of water during that 20 minutes because I get distracted. Well, I get distracted so easily (laughs) and I could be like getting up to get a cup of coffee and then suddenly see that I needed to fold the clothes that are sitting there and Mm. suddenly see that I need to do something else. So that 20 minutes I just get that done. And that really helps me because I'm the same way. I can't sit down for long periods of time without feeling overwhelmed and getting distracted by a million different things. Yeah.
0: I I mean, there are are a variety of ways to get things done at the end of the day And, and different tendencies, people call them personality types, kind of cater to one approach or another. but. Uh, at, at the end of the day, if we figure out what works for us and then we're consistently productive, I think that's the key too. It's super easy to get caught up in all these methodologies. If we're not getting stuff done, it doesn't really matter. As, as long as we can find the thing that right. enables us to get that those tasks done and ultimately move our business forward, I think that's what's key. So I, again, I appreciate your sharing your perspective on that. I'm going to transition to totally, well, actually this is unrelated, very much related. In fact, in, when it comes to time management, we're talking about delegation. So giving a task to somebody else or another company to handle, for, you know, handle that task for us. So album design, uh, administrative tasks, like email management, editing, accounting. I mean, the list goes on. Is this something that you experimented with in your business?
1: Yes. As of this year, um, this year was a huge transition year because, um, our daughter is adopted. So she didn't come to us until she was five. Hmm. Um, and that was the year that I started taking pictures. So I didn't even start my business until she was six. And so she was a lot more like self-sufficient by the time I was working a lot. And so it was a lot easier to balance, but, um, and then even last wedding season, having a newborn who I could like strapped to me and he would sleep while I worked, um, was easier than this year now having, um, an almost, or she just turned 10 last week. Um, and an 18 month year old who is very needy and want, he's a really, really easy baby, but he's like a toddler, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so this was a huge transition year and I've had to realize that I can't do everything by Mm -hmm. myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I actually did, I'm in Caitlin James's business course and we did a zoom call and I, just said, I need help. Like, what do I do? How do I know where to spend money? And she mm-hmm. was like, well, you need an editor. And I got off, um, the call and just cried <laughs> and told my husband, I need to do this. Um, mm-hmm. and so
0: can I ask you, what was found, it like, what was the, what caused the emotion? Was it overwhelmed at the idea of giving that up or what was it?
1: It was, um, yeah, just feeling like overwhelmed and feeling like heard like, Oh, this is what I need to mm-hmm. do. And, um, I am tend to be really controlling and so I had a hard time <laughs> even thinking about like doing that, you know. Yeah. Um, but then I found one really quickly who I love. And the first time that she sent me the email that my gallery was done, and it makes me emotional even think about it, but um I was sitting on the couch with my toddler in my lap watching Peppa Pig and I got an email that my gallery was done. Hmm. And I thought Like, this is a moment I can't get, I know we were watching TV, but I was sitting there snuggling with my baby instead of being frustrated editing, Mm -hmm. um, hours worth of reception photos, you know? Yep. Yep. Um, and so I think that the principle behind that is just always asking myself, can I make more money or find more joy doing something else with my time? Mm. Um, And we even looked. My husband and I sat down one day while I was crying again. And I just said, I'm overwhelmed. I can't do everything. Um, And so we just wrote down everything that I do um, through like everything for the business and everything as far as like budgeting and meal prep, like everything. um, And just kind of wrote down everything and looked at like what can I take off my plate. Mm-hmm. And what could I make more money doing with during that time? Like I can, I can pay someone to clean my house for $10 or $15 an hour and easily make a lot more than that if I'm booking weddings during that time or um, doing other things during that time. And so um, working in my business brings me a lot more joy than vacuuming my living room. Um, and it also brings me a lot more money than vacuuming my living room does. Um, and so I think just having that mindset of, making good use of my time and what is more profitable and what brings me more joy, because that's important too. Probably more important, I guess, than being profitable.
0: Oh, sure. But I, I think, um, and, and I don't know, I, I could kind of dig into this a little bit, but when I think about joy, I think like a deep seated happiness, right? Mm-hmm. I, it would be easy for us as business owners to also be lazy and be like, ah, I don't feel like doing this. I'm just going to get with somebody else. But we're talking about a deep seated joy, which is, which comes from, Um, In this case, maybe being able to delegate something that enables us then to more aptly fulfill what our value set is, what our goals are for our personal life and for our business. In this case, you want to spend more time with your kids and your family, and you also want to be able to focus your attention and effort on those things that are going to help you make more money to build a stronger business. And those seem like wonderful goals. And ultimately making choices to delegate something that frees you up then to, to be able to better focus on those goals is wonderful. And I, I love, I love the story of you sitting there with your child and <laughs> the Peppa Pig of all things <laughs> playing on the TV, but that you had that experience, a very distinct experience, which is the realization of, Oh, wow, I don't have to be doing the thing that is tedious that is being taken care of for me. And by the way, it's not necessary for me to do that. Anyway, I get to do the more important thing, which is spend time with my kids. And, uh, the fact that there are services like that, whether it's an individual editor, of course, I own photographers edit. We have a company that does the same thing. Um, when it comes to administrative tasks or various individuals or companies that can handle those tasks, accounting, album design, there are opportunities for photographers to save time so that they can spend more time with the important people in their life and then do the things that will enable them to grow their business. And I think that's super, super important. So I love that story. Thank you for sharing that.
1: Oh, sure. <laughs> I think it's scary too to think about giving up money. And even if you are wanting to spend more time with your family, it can be hard to say, well, um, I'm going to pay someone to do that, you know? Um, But I also have been able to make a lot more money because I'm able to spend more time marketing and connecting with people during that time instead of just sitting behind a computer. Um, So it gives me more time with my family, but it also enables me to make more money too. It's true.
0: No, it totally makes sense. I shot weddings for 10 years. And one of the reasons I started photographer's edit was because I was so frustrated. I'm so OCD when it comes to the the editing portion of it. And it was taking me way too much time and I wanted more time with my family. So to be able to give that up so that I had more time for those purposes. And then of course, naturally, it's amazing actually when we think about it, how how long did it take you to edit your own weddings when you were doing that?
1: I don't know, a long time. (laughs) I mean, I was pretty fast, but I was also really particular, so it sure. probably took me longer than it needed to. Yeah.
0: Well, it, the reason I ask is conservatively, and, and the reason I say conservatively, because I think a lot of photographers, wedding photographers are spending 16, 20 hours, in some case more, and, and a lot of times it's spread out over time, right? We get kids, we have other responsibilities, and so it just, it, a little bit here, a little bit there, so then it's a week, and it's a couple weeks, and I've heard a range of responses from photographers over the years, but let's just say conservatively, it takes eight hours to process a wedding. It's amazing to think about what we can do with those eight hours. And I've broken this down before in the podcast. I want to kind of go here again because you bring up the cost though. When, if we can spend 250 bucks, we outsource that wedding editing. And then with the eight hours that we get back. And again, in most cases, that's super conservative. I can take a couple hours to go out to a coffee or lunch meeting with a potential coordinator Um, and then take another couple hours after that to follow up with that same coordinator and do some headshots for their new website or do some family pictures for them just because that you want to develop a relationship with them. You're four hours in now to developing a relationship. Four of the eight hours from one wedding that you spent 250 Mm -hmm. bucks outsourcing. And you could potentially make thousands of dollars as a result of this one relationship that you're beginning to develop with this one coordinator. And that's one wedding of the 20 or 30 weddings a year. I mean, it's when you start to break it down like that, the cost becomes a negligible point of conversation in, in that realm. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And you can add $200 to your packages without it making a huge difference for your clients.
0: Yeah. That's a great point. Okay. I know we could spend a lot of time there. I'll keep going. Talk to me about one of the most impactful self-help books or business books that you would want to recommend to our listeners.
1: Okay. First of all, I will just say I recommend reading because I did not (laughs) until this year. Okay, Um, I used to love reading and I would just read for fun and I read a, like a fiction, I don't know, mystery every time we go on vacation. Um, but I wasn't taking time to read things that were good for me. Um, Hmm. and so this year I've made it a goal to read a different book every month. Um, and I set my timer for that too. Um, my 20 minute timers that I don't check my phone that I just read. Um, and it's just been amazing because there's so much information that you can get for a book for $4. I get my books used off thrift books. They're $4 for Mm -hmm. most of them. Um, and it's just like life changing information. So read if you don't. Um, I feel like the most impactful one for me this year has been traction and I was going to look up who wrote it and I forgot it's Gina something. Um, but it's been very good, um, for just giving me perspective on how to grow my business because I think for a while I just thought I'll be a photographer until I get bored and then I'll do something else. And then, um, the past two years with COVID and with having a baby, I realized that, um, I could if I could survive through that, this is going to be a long time thing. Um, And I'm not very good at long-term planning and traction is really good about giving you like specifics for setting like one year goals and three year Mm. goals and 10 year goals. Um, and just like breaking down a lot of that. Um, so definitely good for like growing your business. And there were a lot of things that I felt like were too big for me in there, but it was encouraging to kind of look at where things could go and like how I could grow.
0: Well, and and while you were talking about that, I I actually pulled up that book. I think this is the right one. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Yes. Is is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Traction, get a grip on your business. For anybody who's live streaming, you'll see this on the screen. But for those of you listening in, Traction, get a grip on your business is by Gino, G-I-N-O Wickman. We'll link to it in the show notes, bookapodcast.com. And then I also pulled up thriftbooks.com, which somehow I'm not sure I was aware of, but you said most of the books are like four books. Oh, it's amazing.
1: Yeah, like four or five dollars because I get them used and I get them like terrible condition just as cheap as they can be. Um, <laughs> but that's been good, too, because I hate spending like twenty dollars on a yeah. book I'm going to read once. Oh, my so, word. I yeah, know. Yeah, it's amazing.
0: Yeah. Amazing. The cost sometimes of those. Okay. That's brilliant. We'll put that in the show notes too. And I'm going to yeah. actually <laughs> jump back for just a second to our previous talk about, about delegation, because I have a comment on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Matt says, one of my biggest fears about swapping to an editing service is that it feels like I'm losing part of my artistic identity. That if someone else edits my photographs, I'm misleading my clients. Does that make sense? Does anyone else feel that? And Matt, you're not alone. Cause I've, I've heard this said many times, What are your thoughts on this um, regarding kind of giving up your work, Caitlin, to somebody else and how that is a reflection or not a reflection of your artistry?
1: Um, I don't know how other companies do it. I don't know how Photographers Edit does it. Um, I have a private editor. And so I, um, I edit the first like anchor images and I can edit as many as I want. And so that helps me because if there's a specific one that I thought when I took it, like this is what I want it to look like, then I'll just edit that one. Um, and I edit the fun ones. So I edit the ones that I'm going to put on the blog. Yeah. Like Typically I edit like 200. Um, mm-hmm. and so I do all the ones that I want to, and then she has a base image to edit the rest from. Um, so like if I was taking dancing pictures, I edit the first one and then she can sync to the rest. Um, and in the beginning when she was telling me this, I thought, well, why am I paying you? Because all your. And copying and then cropping, but copying and cropping and straightening and all of that takes so much time that it's worth it. But um, yeah, so I think if there's specific images that you want to look a certain way, you edit those um, and then you do your base images. And I also did a phone call with her for the first several. So I would call her as I was looking through them and say like, well, this doesn't look like my work for this reason or whatever. Um, and I tweak a little bit at the end too, because as like we were new to it together and, sure. um, So you still have control over your images. It's not like you're just sending the card and they're doing everything, and then you're not seeing them. Like you can go back and do whatever you want to. Um, And I don't think your clients need to know. I mean, if they ask, obviously be honest with them, Um, but you would be amazed at how many people do this. (laughs) Um, Like most, most photographers outsource, I think, without people even realizing it.
0: Yeah. And it's an interesting, so you touched on a number of interesting points there, by the way, you started to break up just a little bit, Caitlin. Um, you're, you're back. You you kind of, we lost audio and and visual there. You're back now. So I think we're okay. Um, hopefully it stays that way. But, uh, with, with regards to this conversation, first of all, the idea that somebody else is helping us run our business is literally a universal concept. Uh, so I'm not sure I, I understand it's easy maybe to sit and analyze and kind of overthink this topic, even in some cases as photographers, and maybe project those concerns onto the situation. The reality is, even yourself as a photographer, when you're buying services or products from another company, you're buying from companies who have a team of people that are enabling them to run that brand and that business. It doesn't mean that that product you're buying is anything less than what you expected because it took two people to do it or three people to create it or four people to you know, come up right. with the idea and then put it in production. And do This is just a very normal concept. So I would just encourage any photographers listening in or watching, don't, don't, don't overthink it. There's no reason to do that. And I'm glad too that you bring up, Caitlin, um, the importance of the ongoing communication. You, you explain to that editor how you want those images edited and then you give a little bit of feedback. It's a little bit of a process at the outset to establish the relationship, to train that person that's working for you. And this is true, by the way, not just with editing, but anything um, that you're delegating to somebody else, or at least in most cases, there's going to be an ongoing conversation, if you will, and a training process. And that's the norm. And I think a lot of photographers, we've experienced that photographers editing anyway, photographers get frustrated when the first time isn't like 100% exactly what they expected. When the reality is that in most situations, again, where you're delegating or you have an employee, there's a training period involved and that's just a normal part of the process and that's okay and I love that you committed to that and then yes to your point we actually at our our service as well um, enable photographers if they want to to process a few of the images in the Lightroom catalog they're sending to us and it enables us then to be able to get an idea of what the photographer had in mind for the images in that particular section of the shoot whether it's a portrait session or an event of some kind And you're right, there's still a lot of work to be done, even if you're syncing some of the basic settings to the images, but that gives them a starting point and a visual reference and a visual reference is so important. Um, Words can mean so many different things to so many different people. So having the visual reference to go along with instructions is really great. And that's something we definitely do. So I'd love to get your take on that. And Matt, hopefully that's helpful too, to the conversation about delegation and and outsourcing. And I've got one other question, Caitlin, before we dig into this conversation about building community and how that relates to marketing A favorite piece of camera gear. We don't talk a ton about the actual photographic process here on, on the podcast, a lot of it's kind of focused around business and the function of business running a business, but I'm curious to get your take on a, a favorite piece of camera gear. Like you could almost just not even do without, what is that?
1: Well, um, The R6 is in my cart on B&H Photo, so soon all my gear is going (laughs) to change, but right now it's the Canon 84 Um, 1.4. That was the first lens that I, the first L series lens that I bought, so I think maybe I'm a little more attached to it because it was the first one that like, you know, created magic, Um, but yeah, I just, I love, I know a lot of people love that lens, but it's definitely my favorite
0: Cool. 8414. Okay. We'll, we'll put a link to it in the show notes or 8514. We'll put a link to this in the show notes too, for anybody who's itching, maybe to put that in their shopping cart too, (laughs) for the holidays. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and by the way, for everybody listening in, as we get into this topic now about building community and how that relates to marketing for the sake of your business, just like, uh, Matt got involved in the conversation. Don't be shy. Don't hesitate to comment, to ask questions as we're going through this. Caitlin's about to share a wealth of information. And I I want you to feel like you have the freedom to engage. We've got a a number of people streaming with us, so don't be shy. But let me, let me jump back to this topic, Caitlin. So on the homepage of your site, something that you say is I have a huge heart for people. I love creating connections. When we're talking about community, if we're going to create community, naturally it starts with just a desire for connections with people. Where do you think this comes from? Has this been something that's just been kind of innate to you for since since you were younger or have you kind of grown into that? What does that look like?
1: Um, I think two things. Um, One, I definitely was born with a love for people. My dad used to joke that if you looked up the word extrovert, my picture was beside of it. Um, (laughs) So (laughs) yeah, that's definitely me. Um, But also um, my husband and I are Christians and um, we love because God first loved us. Um, And so When I went to college, I originally wanted to be a medical missionary, which is a joke because I pass out when I get a shot. Um, (laughs) I think it was because I just thought that's what you do, and I watched too much Grey's Anatomy, Um, Hmm. but I knew that I wanted to serve people um, and to do something that was making an impact, and um, it's easy to think that we're just taking pictures, but for us, it's like I explained it so much more um, about really investing in our couples and Really pouring into them and loving them, and like we do a cookout at our house where we invite them all over. Um, and um, yeah, it's just really important for us to really love and pour into people. I think because of that.
0: Hmm. I well, it, it seems kind of innate to humans as a whole too to connect. I know that. Yes. You know, many would argue that they're more introverted or that they like more time on their own or otherwise. But at the end of the day, we we are human largely because of our association with other human beings and intentionally kind of removing that from our lives. I think we all in some ways suffer for that. And, I know that I personally, I mean, when you talk about inviting a group of people over to your house and hosting a cookout, like that is, I love that. I love the process of hosting and connecting with a group. I tend to not like, like, I prefer not to have like massive, massive groups. I want a small enough group that maybe 10, 12, 15 people that I still can go around and have individual conversations with feel like I'm still connecting with. But the idea of hosting mm-hmm. people, connecting with them, taking care of them, I think is a lovely concept. And um, And of course we have all these different tools in our culture now that enable us to do this certainly in person, but then also in some forms or fashions virtually as well. Maybe we can talk about the differences in those, those different approaches here in just a little bit, but what re, what helped you kind of get to a place where you realized, the right, I, I love connecting with people. I realized the significance of community. I could, I, I think I need to think about how this relates to my business. What brought you to that place?
1: Um, I think kind of accidentally. (laughs) Um, so I never intended to be a wedding photographer. Um, I went to school after I decided I couldn't pass biology enough to do medical missions. I went to school to be a teacher and I taught for a couple years, um, when my husband bought me a camera as a gift and that's when I started taking pictures. Um, Hmm. but in the beginning, um, when I first did my first photo shoot, I delivered the pictures over Facebook messenger Um, and I knew I needed to have a way to like share my pictures because these were amazing, you know? And so I started a blog. Um, and at that time we were also fostering, um, two little girls. One is our daughter now that's adopted and the other one has been adopted by another family. Um, And so we were kind of like learning what it was like to be foster parents. Mm -hmm. And um, so I just started also writing on my blog, um, sharing about our foster journey, which has nothing to do with taking pictures. Um, But it was kind of like a creative outlet for me and also a way to just like tell people what was going on and kind of raise awareness for what foster care is really like. And um, so I just kind of started sharing about our life there and realizing how many people were connecting with it and like seeing people that I didn't even really know come up to me and say like that they have been reading my blog and that they were like really connecting with us and different things like that. And then I realized that those connections were also leading to people wanting me to take their pictures. Um, So I guess I just kind of stumbled on it by sharing about our life and realizing that that was actually leading to um, growing the photography business. If that makes
0: sense. Sure, it, it does. But so you start this photography business and and then maybe internally begin to kind of put the connection together, which is all right, the community has led to me starting the photography business, but then I also see that there's a benefit to growing my business through community. I mean it, it kind of serves they, they serve each other in some way. What how would you sum up though the significance of community for the sake of business? And by the way, I I know it would be easy for somebody to jump in here and be like Community is about communities, connecting with people. How dare you talk about making money off the people that you're connecting with? And, and like we're, we're not minimizing the significance of connections with humans. I want to be clear for everybody listening in here. I mean, that, that is the primary reason and benefit, I think, anyway, of community. But we'd also be kind of ignorant to, to set aside the, the possibility of being able to market to a community that we build, especially as it relates to our business. So I, I just want to add that little caveat, Caitlin. I hope that's okay. But what would you say, if you were to sum it up, would be the benefit of business uh, of, or excuse me, the benefit of community for business?
1: Um, I think there's a couple different, um, branches to that. So for one, I think that you need community as a business owner, because it can be really hard to own a business. And yes, there's a lot of things that are great about it, but especially if you're someone like me, who's extroverted, working by yourself can be really just hard. I mean, it's a roller coaster. There's one day when you, book a dream client and you're feeling amazing about it. And then the next day um, someone told you that they're going to go with someone else. And so you're like feeling really down about that. And it's just this constant roller coaster. And um, I think if you're trying to do that alone, you're, it's not going to be sustainable. Um, the same thing with editing. I think if you think I'm a one man show, I do everything by myself, mm. then that's why people get burnout after four or five years is because they're trying to either do everything by themselves or just do like do all of the work by themselves or just do everything and do life by themselves. Um, because like you were talking about it, we are made to have relationships with people and people crave that connection. Um, and so for yourself as a business owner, I think that that's really important. Um, and honestly when I started, I didn't know anything about business. I'm still really learning about business and about marketing. Um, but I knew how to connect with people. And so I think it's, It is really important for your business and there's nothing wrong with using your connections to grow your business i think that's a really good way to do it um, because building those connections and creating that community is just kind of what launched everything that i do
0: just for the sake of clarity in our conversation too because we're going to get into kind of the practical steps for creating community and then leveraging that for our business when we're talking about community here, are you talking about a community of photographer? I mean, because you were talking about the benefit of community, right? The support structure that comes from community as photography business owners. Are we talking about that type of community? Are we talking about a community of um, people ultimately that we simply want to market to? Are we talking about your communities and friends and family on Facebook that maybe you're going to eventually market to? Who are we talking about specifically?
1: All of it. <laughs> I told you this topic. We could talk for hours. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I think for one community with other business owners, um, and I think that that can be really hard because a lot of people will say community over competition, but finding people who actually believe that is really hard. Um, but I think you need community with other, as a photographer, I think you need community with other photographers and, um, a lot of people that may be a thing that people disagree with, but I think you need friends who are photographers to talk about, to share things with. Yeah. Um, this this year I have finally found a group in this area and it took me this long mm. because initially I reached out to people and people didn't do that around here. They did their own thing and stayed in their own lane and they didn't talk to each other. Um, but I did find a really sweet group of girls and a lot of my weddings this year have come from them because only one of us can work a wedding on June 12th. You know, So once I'm booked, then I send future clients, if you know, to them and they send them to me. Um, so I think you need friends, community in the photography industry for that reason. And if something were to happen and you got sick and you couldn't be there, you need friends as a backup for that. Um, you need friends to just share things with so that you're not alone. Um, and then I also think you need to create community with your clients and they need to feel like they are a part of your family. That's how we do things. Anyways, we want them to feel welcome in our home and, I want them to feel comfortable um, to reach out to other brides that we have worked for, um, to ask ideas and just to share thoughts with. And yeah, so that's a hard question because I feel like you need oh. all of those different branches. <laughs>
0: that's fair. And you're right. I mean, it's a lot of the topics that we dig into here on the podcast I and mean, we, we give about an hour to a conversation. And the reality is we could easily spend three, four or five hours even in some of these topics yeah. because <laughs> there are so many different elements to it. Uh, so we'll, we'll kind of leave that as is, you're right. There, there are certainly different types of communities benefits to each. Um, I think we're speaking a little bit more general sense today, but let's just kind of keep, keep the conversation moving and and get into what it took for you to build the steps or the steps that it took to build the community that you're talking about here that you feel is so important for the sake of your business.
1: Um, okay. First of all, blogging, I already mentioned that, um, I think that's a really good key for, um, building community with your future, clients. Um, it's just blogging. You can share about your life, um, and just, and you can share, um, about your couples. I also did a series, um, for a while called the truth about marriage, and it was just sharing about struggles that you can have in your marriage and encouragement for couples. um, just as a way to connect our past couples with our future couples and just to share ideas. Um, so I definitely think blogging is a really good step. Um,
0: and before you keep, can you
1: still hear me? Cause it's getting,
0: yeah, you, you were, you were kind of, you, you kind of froze up there and we lost the picture and audio again. It, it, any chance that there's anything that may be eating at bandwidth on your end? And I'll double check my end as well.
1: I don't think so. Everything else is off.
0: Okay. All right. Cool. Well, let, let's just keep going. You're back. We can hear you. So as long as we at least have audio, uh, we'll, we've, okay. we've seen what you look like. We'll kind of put the pieces together while you're pixelated.
1: Okay. Um, so I don't know what all you heard when I cut out.
0: Oh, no, um, no. I, we, heard, we actually heard most of it. Um, it what I was going to ask okay. you about blogging is, is, is writing for the sake of blogging something that kind of came natural to you? Or did you, did you have to kind of learn that skill set over time? What's your I know this again in and it of itself is a big, big topic, but just briefly, if you don't mind sum up how you were able to effectively write enough content for it to be valuable when maybe you're not naturally a writer.
1: I like writing naturally. There you go. Um, <laughs> but if you don't, if yeah. you prefer to talk, then mm. do a YouTube channel and share that way. Um, there are a lot of different outlets. It doesn't have to just be writing, you okay. know, or you could do like a vlog or something like that. Um, but yeah, I just like writing.
0: So. And that's and the idea behind whether it's a YouTube channel or a blog is ultimately to just share some of your thoughts and ideas for people to be able to connect with, associate with your brand or with yes. you. Or is that is that kind of the summation of that? Yes. Cool. Okay. What's um, number two?
1: Number two is Instagram, um, and I think there's two parts of Instagram. So I guess two and three are Instagram. But. Um, This is a great way to connect with other people in the industry. Um, So you need relationships with people. You're going to be working with people in the industry. um, And hopefully you'll be working with the same people a lot. Hopefully you'll find a planner that you love that you get to work with, um, which also creates that community for you because it's fun to go to work with people that you already know. Um, But find those people on Instagram. So find a planner that you wanna work with and start encouraging them. This doesn't mean find a planner that you wanna work with and message them and say, hey, can you send me referrals? Um, But find that planner and just start encouraging them and bringing value to them, you know, like their posts. And if you see a wedding that they did that was beautiful, comment and tell them that. Um, If you see a venue you wanna work at, then you can reach out to them on Instagram and say, you know, do you need pictures? What can I do for you? And so I think Instagram just is a really good place for finding people and Mm. connecting with other people in the industry. Um, And also, so third would be Instagram stories. This is just a way for you to connect with people by sharing more about who you are because um, people wanna hire people, they wanna pay money to people. um, And so if they have no idea who the face behind the business is, it's gonna be really hard for them to invest money in that. Um, so get on your stories and share about your life and, um, share about who you are and share about your passion behind your business and share more than just your pictures. Um, and yeah, stories can be a really good place for that. And also just for engaging with other people and like getting to know other vendors through that
0: kind of, kind of building on, I guess the first point about blogging and YouTubing, it's another way to go about sharing yourself. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, So fourth would be in-person events. Um, I'm not a planner, (laughs) Um, but sometimes you have to just get out and do things. And um, it can be really easy to just like hide behind your phone. And I think for a while I thought, well, I'm engaging with this person on social media, so we have connected. Or like this photographer and I, we like like each other's pictures, so I have that connection with them. Um, But I think you have to take it a step further. And that could be something simple like buying a planner lunch and just getting to know them or um I hosted a styled shoot I say I hosted I didn't do mo- I didn't do any of the planning we had a planner who did the planning <laughs> um but it was with me and three other photographers in the cool. area and we all had the same mindset of like we want friends we want to get along um sure. and so we did that just as a way to like get away from our kids and do something fun <laughs> um and now those are the girls who send me referrals and who I send referrals to um, and so that did take work to plan something in person, but it has, um, really, really made a difference for my business. So yeah, number four would definitely be in-person things, but don't overthink it. And it doesn't have to be a huge, crazy style shoot. It could just be yeah. getting coffee together. Um, and five is not really a step, but just like, a something to remember is just to be persistent because, um, when I first started, I remember, um, reaching out to, um, a couple different photographers in our area who had been doing it for a really long time. And I really looked up to them and one of them told me, um, she didn't need friends. She did it alone. And another one, um, just ignored me and just wouldn't talk to me. Wow. And so I thought, and I know this is not, it's not like that everywhere. Um, but I was really discouraged and I just thought like, Oh, I have to do this alone or like, this is what it's like. And, um, I went to an in-person workshop in Atlanta, Georgia, which is far from where I am. And, um, that was the first time that I had like talked to other photographers mm. and I was like, Oh, it's not, it doesn't have to be like it is, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I think just be persistent, even mm-hmm. if you reach out to some people and you don't get the feedback you want, um, yeah. there are your people out there. You just might have to work a little bit harder to find them.
0: It's yeah, another loaded topic, and I won't park here too long, um, or project any of my my personal experiences too much on it. But <laughs> I I, w- I will say I'm, I I can very much relate to what you're talking about, Caitlin. I love connecting with people. Uh, mm-hmm. Certainly, I like a little bit of time on my own and, and get out, ride the motorcycle, or to read, or you know whatever it is. But I just enjoy community. I enjoy connecting with people on different levels, and. I'm I'm kind of amazed, especially, and I think it's kind of sad, honestly, in the, in the last two, three years, obviously COVID had a significant effect on this, and, and we'll leave that out of it, but uh, or only for the, the, the obvious reason, which is that, of course, COVID is going to affect people getting together. That aside, I, it seems as though because of, I guess, social media, people have just gotten way more lazy or just aren't as willing, whatever the reason, to make a little bit of effort to drive 15, 20 minutes to get together in person, and I found this both on the personal level, like outside of my business life, and also in the photography industry as well. And I think it's kind of sad because we're ultimately missing out on that thing that can help us be better as individuals, as business people, we can encourage each other. We get just the natural, the many benefits that come from the, the significance of community, connecting with other human beings, uh, and certainly photographers, people that we can relate to on an even deeper level. And I'm, it's unfortunate. It feels like, yeah, you really do have to be super persistent and push through just to find a few people who are willing to actually connect. And certainly there are plenty of them out there, but it just seems to take a little bit more work these days. So I'm glad you bring that up. And certainly I'll put that encouragement out to everybody else. Uh, it's taken some time, both in my personal life and on the business side to find kind of my core people. And I feel like Mm -hmm. even just now at the stage of my life, I'm beginning to find those people and it's exciting, but man, you really do have to push through sometimes.
1: Well, everything takes work, you know? And so why would we spend hours working on um, having the perfect Instagram post, but not spend one hour a week having a real connection with a person, you know?
0: Touche. Beautifully put. All right. Well, let's, uh, yeah, that's, we're going to, we're going to frame that and clip it and do all the things with it. That's, yeah. Great point, actually. (laughs) Really, really great point. All right. Let's keep going though. So when we talk about community. Obviously, as we mentioned earlier, we're not talking about it just simply for the purpose of marketing, but there's a natural opportunity when we have numbers, even if it's a relatively small group, there's an opportunity for us as a business owner to market to that community. So what principles would you suggest photographers keep in mind if if they are working to build their own community, local or otherwise, when it comes to marketing to that community, are there certain principles that you think are important uh, for them to keep in mind?
1: Um, I think the most important is just to make sure that you have service in mind um, to serve before selling because um, everyone is being sold to. And every time that you get on Instagram, they're like every single post is someone trying to sell you something different. Um, and so if we start to do that with our brand, then we're going to lose our audience. Um, and so I think you have to make sure that you're showing up and serving people um, and serving them content that they are interested in and not just, hey, buy this. You know, if every Mm. time I get on my stories, I say, hey, book me as your wedding photographer, then people are going to stop watching my stories. You know, but if I get on and I share encouragement or a funny story about my kid or whatever, then people are like interested and they're engaged and they have that connection with me so that when I do say, oh, we're booking weddings, then they're interested in that and they want to support me. Um, So just make sure that you're serving your audience and not just showing up as another like sales pitch all the time. Um, and number two would just be, be honest and, um, give that real connection and real communication with people because everything on social media is filtered and fake. Um, and I know that it's going to be curated and I know that you have to be professional and I care a lot about professionalism, but be authentic to who you are and what you're sharing, um. So, if you love Chick fil A like I do, then share that you love Chick fil A. Um, don't share that you love, I don't know, Chipotle just because you want to be trendy. Like, <laughs> um, just be authentic to who you are. And that's going to create those, like, honest connections with people, I think. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, just make sure that you don't get discouraged when you're doing this because, like I said earlier, it can be really easy to. Um, to not get the feedback that you want initially. And it does take effort um, just to create that genuine connection with people.
0: Cool. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm taking notes here. I I told you I was going to do this before we started. Sorry, I ramble
1: a lot. (laughs) No,
0: I've, I've got my notebook here. I've got my pen. Um, (laughs) these pens are awesome by the way. They're, they're called zebra pens. Have you ever heard of them?
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, I don't know.
0: They're like just, they're nothing fancy, but I just love how they write and how they feel like the weight of them. They're like, I don't know, five, 10 bucks on Amazon. So little shout out to mm-hmm. that company, little side note, little bonus for information for the, the podcast All right. Today.
1: <laughs> well, we shouted out thrift books and it's not like they sponsor <laughs> me. So. <laughs>
0: right. Well, um, it's, so I, we, I've got the five points here, um, as it relates to building community, the significance of, of blogging, um, Instagram or blogging for the sake of sharing ourselves. Instagram uh, for the sake of connecting with others in the industry. And you talked about how to do that intentionally. And that's super important. Instagram stories, further building on that idea of sharing you, sharing personality, in-person events. And I I love this. And I think, again, a very loaded topic, I think there's an interesting opportunity as we, I know that we're not out of COVID per se, but as we at least get to a place where we're more functional or continue to get to a place where we're more functional despite COVID and as events become more and more commonplace again, that making the effort, if if we take a little bit of initiative and leadership as business owners in our local community to create these events, even if they're not that big, like you were saying, Caitlin, I think there's a really interesting opportunity for the sake of not only building business, but ultimately leading in the community. And and of course that leads to opportunities as well to serve as you were talking about. So I think that's a really interesting conversation in and of itself. Importance of consistency, being persistent. Uh, And again, point taken, like if we're willing to put all these hours into Instagram or our photographic technique, whatever else, why would we not put at least a little bit of effort and time into relationships on all levels? I think that's super important as well. And then when it comes to marketing to that community, number one, service first, that speaks for itself, being honest, being genuine uh, and transparent, also important. And then again, the the importance of being consistent in that effort. And um, I, I guess... This is a lot of information, and as we talked about, there's so many different like topics in and of themselves in there that we could spend an hour or two on, but I, I love You actually I'll kind of break the fourth wall here. You said to me before we got started, you're like, I have these, like, these next actions that we can get. I'm going to share a lot of information, so I, I want the listeners to be able to take something away that they can go do next, kind of next steps or next actions, despite all of this information, because that is a lot to take in. What are those kind of couple of next steps that you would recommend to our listeners now with this information you provided?
1: Right. So I get overwhelmed because I listen to podcasts all the time while I'm doing other things and I'm like, "Oh, what was the point? Like what am I what do I do?" because I just feel like there was so much good content in what I listened to. So mm. if you're like doing the dishes while you're listening, stop doing the dishes and pay attention for 2 seconds. <laughs> um So I was going to give you guys three takeaways. Um so write these down. If you don't want to do them this week, I know it's Christmas, save them for next week. Um But the first is just show up on your stories authentically. Um, and this is scary at first. Um, everything is scary at first. Um, I remember the first time that I did a story, I was like sweating and like hyperventilating and I recorded it like 25 times, you know? And I think all (laughs) I was saying was like, Hey, I had this session today. Look how fun this couple was. You know, like I put so much pressure on myself and it's going to feel scary in the beginning to share about yourself. Um, but just do it. Um, it's scary to come on a podcast and to answer questions with Nathan, but I did it right. It's scary to do everything new. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you have to do it. So I think first start sharing on your stories authentically. And this could be like once a month or once a week, you could say, okay, on Tuesday mornings, I'm going to get on Instagram and I'm going to talk and put it on your calendar and get on Instagram and talk, even if you don't feel like it. Um, so share on your stories authentically. That's your first, um, takeaway. Um number two, make a list of vendors that you want to connect with. Um, so a lot of times I'll just do like a brain dump and it could be like a brain dump of venues I want to work with or venue vendors I want to work with, whatever. Um, so do your little brain dump and you know you can start with five and just say, okay, I want to work with this planner, I want to work at this venue, um, I really want to connect with this photographer. Um, I want to work with this florist, whatever, make your five connections, um, and start by following them on Instagram and just be intentional about connecting with them. Do not reach out and ask to be put on their preferred vendor list. (laughs) Um, but Make that list of maybe five people that you want to connect with and then put in the effort to connect with them. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have a whole lot of time, then start small just by commenting on their posts and encouraging them and resharing their stuff in your stories. It doesn't have to be a huge have them over for dinner yet, um, but just find those five and start making those connections. Um, Number three, create a piece of content that provides value because I talked about... um, sharing things of service before selling. Um, so create a piece of content that provides value. So that could be just an Instagram post. It could be a blog post. It could be a vlog. It could be a YouTube video, whatever. Um, but create something that is providing value to create that connection with your ideal client. So that could be, um, like this past month, I wrote a blog on, um, venues in West Virginia. And I wrote a blog on tips for planning a destination wedding. And I wrote a blog on um, how to plan for your engagement session and like what to do when you just got engaged. Um, Just create some kind of content that is um, serving your ideal client Um, and not just showing up and saying, hey, book me for your wedding. Um, So those are your three takeaways because I I knew I was gonna ramble. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so oh. I was hoping that I would give you something practical to do amidst all my rambles. Uh,
0: you, you, Well, yeah, first of all, you were super organized in the information that you brought, so not rambling at all. And um, okay, it, good. You know, I, I think what's, what's interesting about the concepts, or at least some of the principles you were sharing, the words, the phrases that you're using aren't necessarily new, maybe even to some of our listeners. A lot of times it's about taking the next step though. So I, I love that you finish with, here are the next actions. Like, Yeah, these are the principles, and you may have even heard those before, but rather than being overwhelmed that now you have a list of eight things to do or 10 things to do, here are just three things that you can go do immediately. And I think that's really important. I'll reiterate what I said again, because I've been experiencing this in my life as of late, trying to manage multiple brands, four or five brands, and at so many different pieces associated with that in the teams and the development and production. I mean, there's so much to do. And what, I, what I've realized more than ever is that Rather than having this list of 80 things and just being overwhelmed by this list of 80 things, if I just focus on two or three, three things a day, for example, two or three big kind of uh, most important tasks, people call them MITs, and, and I okay. do that consistently on top of the communication and the meetings and so forth that I have to do. But if I do that consistently, or like we talked about, 30, 20, 30-minute 30 chunks and just knock a task off the list under you know, during each of those chunks or even two if I'm working really efficiently... And I do that consistently day in and day out. It's taking small steps consistently that will generate significant results over time. And that's really, really important. It's easy to get overwhelmed as business owners. When we think about this idea of, first of all, creating a community, and then how do we create value and add that value to that community and ultimately be able to market at the community. There's so many moving pieces and it's so overwhelming. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and the <laughs> photographers would just kind of maybe freeze, but if they break it down, like you just did so wonderfully to. Three next actions that they can take, which frankly, I mean, when we talk about showing up on stories authentically once or twice a week, it takes all of, certainly it may take a little bit of time. The first time we're filming over and over again, but you know, it takes a few minutes to do that. Make a list of vendors you want to connect with a great next action. um, Sitting down, make a list of five people that you, that that you want to connect with. That's the first step. And then maybe the, the action for the next day is calling two of those people or three of those people. And it seems a little bit elementary, but again. Having been, in, been on, as an entrepreneur now for so long and multiple businesses, I realized that it's easy to get lost in the myriad of things that we have to do and just freeze or put things off uh, or just simply over get overwhelmed and then not be as productive as we could be. So just taking simple next steps or next actions is really important. Create a piece of content that provides value. Um, and the cool thing is, again, that could be on Instagram, but it could be a, a 60 second clip on YouTube, a little tip mm-hmm. a trick. Uh, a blog post—it doesn't have to be overly complicated—and and so I, I love the practicality of your teaching. You're not rambling by any means.
1: Oh, good. <laughs>
0: and for those um, of you listening, yeah, in, I just
1: think it can be—I just think it can be really overwhelming, and we forget. We look at like hard things, like oh, we have to focus on our SEO, and we have to, you know, do all of these things. When really, if you just like love people, everything else will fall into place. I think.
0: Ooh, yeah. Loves what makes the world go around. Is that the the summation? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I really appreciate you making time to share with us today, Caitlin. And for anybody listening in, uh, if you're not already following Caitlin on Instagram, what I want you to do, and I'll pull this up on screen here, is just go over to Caitlyn K A T E L Y N Workman W O R K M A N photography. We'll link to it in the show notes as well, but Caitlyn Workman Photography on Instagram. Follow Caitlyn, you can take a look at her beautiful work there and then you can also check out her website Caitlynworkmanphotography.com. Caitlyn, thank you so much for sharing with all of our community here today.
1: Sure, thanks for having me.